No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special, and Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite Armoire looks. Looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you join me in the journey to think more and do with less. Whether you're new to minimalism and decluttering or have been pursuing the lifestyle for a while now, today's episode is for you. I'm joined by professional organizer Amy Mayorga to discuss decluttering our entire home. This episode is filled with practical advice for how to accomplish this, timelines, mistakes we make in the process, and so much more. But before we get to the conversation, if you have not left a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast, pause the episode and do so. It takes about 30 seconds and it's a huge help to help others find the Minimalist Moms podcast. I have a minimalist resource that I want to share with you today. The book is Nature Anatomy, The Curious Parts and Pieces of the Natural World. This book is by Julia Rothman, and she's author and illustrator of Farm Anatomy, which is also a beautiful, beautiful book. I feel like if you've been around the Minimalist Moms podcast and or my personal account for a while now, you can see how much I love being in nature and I love animals, ecosystems. I just love learning about our world. And so these books have been really helpful to me and my children to do just that. All right, let's get into this conversation with Amy. Amy, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I'm glad to finally have you here. But before we get into our conversation, why don't you go ahead, tell me who I'm talking to here. And I want to know what started your pursuit of minimalism. Let's see. It all started when I was a stay-at-home mom and I had a toddler and a baby. And I came home from my toddler's three-year-old birthday party and with a trunk full of toys. And I just instantly felt overwhelmed. I was like, I don't even know where to put this stuff. I feel like we already have way too much to begin with. And we're so you know grateful and lucky to have more than enough. But I was just, I just felt this overwhelm. And I remembered that I was at a friend's house recently who had like a really organized just storage closet. And I commented on it. And she mentioned Marie Kondo's book that everyone knows of, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And so I decided in that moment that I'm going to do it. I'm going to read her book and I'm going to go all in. So I got her book on Audible and I just dove right in and I followed her method to a T and I went top to bottom 
and decluttered my entire house (laughs) with two kids in tow. And yeah, and just the process and going through everything completely changed my outlook on so many things. In fact, in doing so, I decided to start an Instagram page just to kind of connect with other like-minded people because I felt like my family was just tired of me talking about like decluttering and organizing and minimalism and all of the things. So I was like, I'm just going to start an Instagram page and, you know, maybe I can meet other people who, who think like me and who are on the same journey as me. And the page had some success right away. And it kind of gave me confidence that I'm like, maybe I could help people in this way because I just, I love it. And it's changed my life in such a positive way that. I decided to become a certified Kanmari consultant. It all came from that single step of feeling overwhelmed after a child's birthday party and everything completely changed. And I started slowly but surely making this a career, a job of something that I'm passionate about. So yeah, so I started Minimalista Organizing and now I help people in their own home with their own journeys so that it isn't so overwhelming for them. Absolutely. So was your husband on board with this when you first started to make the decision to minimize because that was a big overhaul? He was on board. He himself, I feel like is, you know, a minimalist at heart, but just doesn't make it a priority to declutter. He just doesn't need a lot of stuff or like a lot of stuff, doesn't really go shopping. So he was on board. So in terms of my immediate family, everyone was fine with it. It was more when it started to affect extended family with presents and birthdays and holidays and shopping. And that's when people started to, I feel like I started to get a little bit of resistance, but in terms of my children, They were on board and I was so grateful to have started so early because the older child gets, I feel like the more vocal they become in what they want and what they're used to. And so my kids kind of have grown up now with just having a streamlined home and not owning so much and not having to put away so much all the time. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, yeah, that absolutely does. All right. So I have you here today to talk about decluttering our entire home. So oftentimes I feel like I focus in on smaller rooms because I always say to take it slow and steady, but also there's a lot of people listening that they're ready. They've made their mind up. So for example, I have a friend and her and her husband both just finally were on board at the same time. And they were like, let's do this. We want to get it done. And so they went through their entire home in about a couple of weeks or so. And Mm -hmm. again, I wouldn't recommend that to necessarily everyone, especially if you're maybe more of a sentimental person. But I think a lot of people listening, they're like, yes, it's time. I want to go through my entire home. So I guess my first question for you, where do we start? And what do you think a timeline should be for attacking the whole home? Okay. Well, in a place where to start, I think it is super important to focus on your own belongings. It is so easy for us to put the blame on someone else. Like, oh my God, it's my husband's fishing collection. That's driving me crazy. Or it's my daughter's hair bow collection or her dolls or whatever it is. But if we can do this journey for our own things first, like, and start to set an example For the other people around us, like I see it time and time again with my clients, there's a domino effect. It's contagious. People start to feel like, oh my gosh, this space feels lighter. It feels like I can breathe. I know where to find the cooking spoon or whatever it is. And so if you can lead by example, that is particularly helpful when you have little kids in the house. I know this is a minimalist mom's podcast. So I would just really start the journey with yourself and your own things. And in terms of like a time frame, it can vary. Like it really depends on your ability to make decisions 
and the quantity of items that you have. And also the time that you have to dedicate to this. I mean, moms, we're busy. We have a lot on our plate as stay-at-home moms, as working moms, or somewhere in the middle. There's just so many responsibilities and things that we have to juggle. So this should be like a priority, but don't let it overwhelm you. So I would recommend blocking off some time, maybe when you have childcare, or if you just have your youngest one who can play on their own or is napping, then block off some time, whether it be two hours, three hours. When I work with clients, I tend to say, let's block off three to five hours and then see how we're doing after that. And then I give them homework. But if you're doing this on your own, it's the same thing. You kind of need a solid block of time to really get into it because what will happen if you have just 15 minutes, which is great, it's great, but I don't want you to empty out your entire closet and then and then you, the 15 minutes is up and you're just left with a bigger mess than what you started. So I would say if you only have a little bit of time, tackle it little tiny categories at a time. But if you can swing it, really try to dedicate a solid couple hours whenever you can to do this. When I did this on my own, initially I had my toddler in preschool two days a week and I had a baby. And so what I did is those two days a week, I would take and I would declutter almost the whole time that he was at school, which sounds like a lot, but you know, between having to feed the baby and change and take care of her needs, it was everything in between. And so I would get as much done as I could kind of watch the clock so that I could clean up the mess that I made essentially, because you do make a mess. Everything gets messier before it gets better. So I would just watch the clock and then make sure that I could clean it all up before I had to go get him from school. That's great advice. Hey parents of young babies, is there a child with food allergies in your family? Does your child have a friend or a classmate with food allergies? Or do you know of someone close to you that has food allergies? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then you know how scary, limiting, and anxiety-inducing it can be to have to carry an EpiPen with you at all times or constantly just be on high alert when dining out, reading food labels, sending your kids to school, all of the things. Imagine a world without food allergies where all foods are considered safe to eat for anyone, where there aren't nut-free schools or separate allergy-free tables at lunch. That's what we call food freedom. Evidence-based research, USDA guidelines, pediatricians, and allergists all agree. Feeding small amounts of common food allergens like peanut, eggs, and milk daily for six months or more starting at four months is important for all babies to give them the best chance at a future of food freedom. That's why I'm happy to tell you about Ready, Set, Food. Ready, Set, Food was developed by an allergist and mom of two to make it easy, safe, and convenient to regularly feed babies low doses of the most common food allergens starting right from the bottle. Ready, Set, Food is a gentle, guided system of products that takes the mess and stress out of introducing allergens. Head over to readysetfood.com minimalist and use code minimalist for 30% off your first order of Ready, Set, Food and get your child started on the path to food freedom today. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. 
As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. All right, so you gave us some starting points, but what have you seen with some of the women that you're working with or just in your own experience? What have been mistakes that you made? Again, I feel like a lot of times people have bitten off more than they can handle in that initial purge and then they get so overwhelmed that they just stop. So do you have any other mistakes that you regularly are seeing that you would provide tips for? Okay, well, I think a lot of people start with buying things to organize before they declutter. And that's a really common mistake. A lot of my clients end up doing that. And then they call me because they're like, but this didn't really help. So that's where it's really important to declutter first. And one tip that I would recommend is to do it by categories instead of by spaces. So instead of looking at, let's say, a closet, I would say, why don't you get out all of your t-shirts from the closet, take them all out and declutter all the t-shirts and only keep the ones that you really feel good in that are in good condition. Like be honest with yourself. If you pick up something and you have that sort of feeling of dread or maybe anxiety or guilt, like I got this as a gift, or I wish this was a different color, or I wish this fit me better. then those are all signs that it's time to let it go. Like if we can embrace the feeling of abundance, like we will always have enough. We will always have what we need then it's a lot easier to just let go of things that are holding us back and we can create space for what we actually do love and need in our lives. So yeah, I would say just bite it off category by category instead of space by space. Another example is if you're going to do towels, instead of just doing the towels like in your kitchen, if you can gather all of the towels from your whole house and put them in a pile and then go through them. And it's a great time to do inventory. And you can kind of think, okay, so I need this number of towels in each bathroom and I need, you know, we need a set for guests. And so you can kind of, you get an inventory of what you own and you can let go of the extra things or the items that are no longer in good condition. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to tackle your whole house and putting like a shorter timeline. Cause like some people need six months, but then other people can just do it in a month. And they're really gung ho. Like my friend that I said, just decluttered her home, her husband and her were ready. And it was like, we need to act now where we're both in agreement. And so I think that again, some people 
can think they can get it done in a month when they're really maybe six monthers when they need the six months to go through their stuff. And if someone's listening and they can't necessarily afford a personal organizer or whatnot, maybe you could just have a friend that knows you very well. And maybe there is another step after that, but just get eyes that are seeing your house just for what it is. And I think that can be very helpful too. And that's why we typically bring in a professional organizer or a friend because they're just unbiased. They can see where we might get caught up in, hey, your entryway is really cluttered. That probably doesn't feel great when you arrive home every day and you have all this stuff just lingering. When you're first being greeted by your home, if you will, that's not a fun feeling when you step into a house that's cluttered right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think one of the key things that you said that's in important is unbiased because sometimes we'll make a mistake of bringing in someone, let's say like your sister or your mom, and we love them so much, but their opinion might be biased. You know, mothers can come in and think they always have this fear. Like, is my child going to be okay? Are they going to have enough? And they might tell you, you might need this one day. You might need this one day and give you like opposite messaging. And so I think an unbiased opinion is key because it is difficult, especially if you ask your mom to come for them to step out of that role, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. For people that have been around here long enough, they've heard me tell the story about how I had a coworker that I used to work with. And I'm laughing because I wouldn't even say that we were really friends. We just talked a lot at work and I knew that she was a very bold, direct person. So I asked her, I'm like, Hey, do you want to go through my closet with me? Because she helped me go through the maybes, the things that I wasn't completely certain of. And she gave me her honest opinion. And so again, this was someone that I knew would be honest with me. And I think you also have to be receptive to that. A lot of decluttering, I don't think you can get to the point of working through maybe some of these harder areas in your home until you've made up your mind. You have to be open to the change that's about to happen because it's tough in the beginning, but then it's for for so much better, you know? Yeah. And then I also think that it's important to remember that once you declutter your whole home, the work isn't done. And that's something that I feel like is like this misconception out there in just the media. Like, okay, I declutter my home, like I'm good forever. Our homes are constantly seeing new inventory. Like if you look at your home as a store, your kids are constantly, they're, they're growing, their needs are changing, that what they need to learn for school, or let's say you are your clothes wear out or you need new sheets. Like our homes are seeing this turnover of inventory. And if we don't stay on top of it and become very mindful about what we bring in and what we can control, then it can become uncluttered again. So it's important to understand that it's a journey. And once you do a big declutter initially, it is so much easier to just stay on top and kind of understand like how much feels good for you. Like what is enough for you? What is abundant, but not overwhelming? Absolutely. And I think there are several different approaches. As you said, you follow more of the Marie Kondo approach where you're looking at all the towels in your home as opposed to, hey, I'm going to start with the cupboard of towels in my hallway closet. You're wanting to grab all those, maybe your beach towels, your towels in your kitchen. You're wanting to grab that specific category. Whereas I might just start in the bathroom. And then I know that the minimalists, when they first started decluttering, they did the packing party where they packed up an entire room. I actually want to say that Ryan packed up his entire house and 
only put back what he used throughout three weeks and then donated the rest. So that's a pretty intense thing that most. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love that they, I love that they did that. I watched their documentary yeah. and read their books as well. And so I was like, huh, that's, that's a very unique approach to it. And that is very, very minimalist. And unfortunately as moms, I don't know if we have the luxury to do that because yeah. we need things like, our, you know, what our kids maybe need a, a few pairs of clothes in a day because they have accidents or they spill or they have an extra creek activity. So as moms, I don't know if we have a luxury to be that extreme, but yes, there are totally, there are so many different ways to go about this. There is no wrong way or right way. And when I'm working with clients, I tell them, I'm like, I'll meet you where you at. Like if you are ready to do this and do a whole home, then this is the way I recommend doing it. But if you just want to start small and you want to start and we do your pantry together, or we do your front hallway closet or your kids toys, like let's start there. Like what is the most overwhelming space for you? And as a professional, I feel confident that I can help them with that. But as someone doing this in their own home, I would say, don't start with what's overwhelming, like start somewhere that's a little bit easier and gain some confidence over time. As you said at the beginning, you need to tackle your own things first. Usually that's a great place to start is with your own things. Cause especially if your husband is a little hesitant, you want him to follow your lead. So I was thinking maybe if someone did want to do something as extreme as a packing party, they could do that with their own things first, as opposed to the entire household. Cause again, so many different methods, it's going to work for different personalities, but the end goal is what is superfluous what is excessive, what is getting in the way of function. And you can come up with your own goals for your household because obviously they're going to also look different for each household. But I think as long as you have those main goals that are getting rid of the excess, that is what we're aiming for. Yeah. And I would say an easy place to start, let's say in terms of like um, how to do it exactly is I would go through and find the things that are broken first, like, or the duplicates. And when you're going through, I would have a couple different bags. Like this is what I do with clients. I'll have a trash bag for things that are broken. I'll have a different bag for donations. And then I'll have a recycling bag. And certain clients want to put a few things aside to sell. But my advice with that is, is only focus on the things that are really worth your time in selling. Like, let's say you have an expensive coffee table, like focus on that. Don't focus on your t-shirts. But yeah, if you have these bags ready to go and that you kind of know, so trash, donation and recycling, it's a great way to not feel like you're being wasteful when you're decluttering. Like if you know that, okay, I'm going to donate this to someone who's actually going to use it or someone who may need it. It can feel a lot better and you can feel less guilty releasing something, being mindful in doing so. Absolutely. That's funny you said that. I was just talking about that on social media because I actually am someone that enjoys selling things on Facebook, even if it's just for, I'm sure some people would say I'm wasting my time, but even if it's just for five or eight bucks, it doesn't take me that long to snap a picture of something and submit it really fast and do a porch pickup. That really takes so little effort on my part. And I'm like, Hey, $5 could be a half price cocktail. So there you go. And that is awesome that you do that. Like, I love that. I feel like it creates more of a circular economy and like, you know, you're giving things to the exact people who need them. And which is like, it's even better than donating because it's going from your hands to someone else who wants them and you can make money in the process. Like that's ideal. But in the case of 
when I'm with clients, a lot yeah. of them won't take the time or don't have the time mm-hmm. to sell sure. things. And that's when I kind of have to coach them and like, okay, is, is this worth your time? Cause this is going to take this right. long to sell right. and to answer messages and to take pictures. Mm-hmm. And is it worth your time? Or should we just, I can, I can drop it off at a donation place for you, or mm-hmm. we can find a good charity and, and you're welcome to drop it off over there. If you like that one better, everyone is different when it comes to what they feel like they can sell. But if you are feeling overwhelmed in your house, then I would say, don't focus so much on the selling, focus on clearing the space to reduce your overwhelm and stress, because that's the goal, right? We all want to be able to feel more present and more intentional. That's why minimalism like resonated so much with me. It's because I don't want to be focused so much on like having to shop all the time and and what do I need and what's the latest trend? Like I want to be able to have some breathing room and some space and some like less mental clutter to just focus on what is more intentional for me. And, And that's what gave me the time to start a business is because it's a passion of mine and I would have never encountered it if I hadn't have decluttered. So Absolutely. And I think that also for some people in regards to selling, I have a box in my room and it's of all the things that I currently have on Facebook marketplace. And I have one spot in my basement. It doesn't bother me. I've already said goodbye to those things. And again, I'm trying to stick to more of a timeline of how long am I going to keep these things here? But for some people, they're going to start digging through those boxes and they don't have, they maybe feel compulsive towards wanting to pull things out and keep them like, Oh, I made a mistake. I actually really don't want to get rid of this because they haven't gotten it out of their house. Like sometimes you just need to get things out. Out after you declutter them because it's too hard to have. It's like just taunting you, I guess. I'm sitting here nodding my head and you want to know where that is particularly true is with kids. So if you go in and you declutter their toys, if they're young enough or like you do it for them, let's say you do it with them if they're older and you have this box of toys sitting there in your family room or in your garage or wherever, they're going to go through that and they're going to start playing with the things again. And, you know, you could be like, oh, it's great. Look, they're playing with it. Like maybe we shouldn't have donated it. No, they're playing with it because it's easily accessible and because it's there, not because it's their favorite toy. So I would say with kids, if you can like donate as fast as you can in terms of their items, the better. And then you can give them space to be able to be more creative or that they can find their toys more easily, or that it's easier to pick up what they do have and start to create these new routines of like, okay, if you take out Legos, you need to put them away before you get out your Barbies or whatever it is. So I would say, yes, with kids, it's really important to get out the old stuff as soon as possible. Cause I know there have been many instances where people like go through their toys and the box sits in their garage and <laughs> next thing the kids are pulling everything out and starting to say, Hey mommy, what about this? Like, why are you getting rid of this? And it creates more of a stress and adds to the overwhelm. Absolutely. I love how this is just becoming kind of an episode of, of some of our best tips and tricks for approaching <laughs> decluttering. I feel like that's what yeah. it's turning into. I love it. Are you starting to like help people in their homes or is, was that just that one case with uh, your friends? So I'm trying to navigate that. I guess you heard it here first. No, I would say that because I'm homeschooling now and I have a lot on my plate, I don't outsource anything for the podcast. I am currently a one woman show over here with all the emails, all the social media, all the web stuff, all the hosting. Like I do it completely myself. And so editing the podcast, get booking. Yeah. So I think that if I could get that 
to a point to where it's a little bit more streamlined in my work week, I could start helping people more regularly. It is something that I want to do, but I probably wouldn't do virtual as much as I would do local to Columbus, just because I'm so, I like to do face-to-face interaction with you there. I love face-to-face clients. It's just, it's very rewarding to go in and help people transform their spaces and ultimately their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is a goal of mine because I feel like I'm pretty cutthroat when it comes to sentimental items and just being realistic. And that's what I think I can bring to the table with that. But I would say got to get through my first year of homeschooling and then see what next year is going to look like. Cause I think I'll have a little bit more of an understanding of what I'm capable of. So that's my thought with it all. Yeah. Just take it day by day. You have a lot on your plate right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So sometimes with toys, I feel like parents have this fear that their child is going to, if they're doing the toys, let's say while they're at preschool or at school and they're doing it for them, then parents have this fear that their kids are going to come back and ask you, where is it? When that happens with a client, I'll tell them, why don't we put the things that you think they could ask for in like, we're going to separate those. We're going to donate everything that we can that, that you know that they don't play with or that's broken or that it's a duplicate or that they've grown out of. We're going to donate all of that. But if there are some things that, you know, you don't think that they need or that they like, but you're unsure, we're going to separate those and then we're going to hide them. Like they're going to go on a little vacation, but stay in our home. And then if they don't ask for them for the next like few weeks, then it's okay to donate. So I would say, If you're unsure, it's okay to hold on to it. Just be kind of intentional where you put that box, if that makes any sense. Oh, yes. I've definitely made that mistake before because it's like you've already said it, the out of sight, out of mind, and they get really interested in things that they think that they want and don't want anymore. But yeah, because for kids, it's a lot of times it's about novelty. And until they can learn to just be creative in what they do have, if they're kind of used to like always getting new things, then they're going to just seek out new things and, and kind of act bored. But it's like this muscle that if they have the space mm-hmm. and time, then I feel like they'll learn to be more creative. And it's kind of up to us parents to let go of that fear. Like, oh no, my child is going to be bored. Well, sometimes it's okay if they're bored. Like we can discover like things that we love when we're bored. Like maybe they'll discover that they really like making a certain type of drawing or they really like making houses out of blocks or they really like making forts and and just giving them that time and space to lean into the boredom. It might be hard as a parent, but it really pays off. So you kind of got to get off the train of like new things all the time is better. And it's the only way to entertain them and kind of lean into like, it's okay to have some blank space and it's okay for them to be creative with what they do have. Maybe they won't even play with what they have. Maybe they just want to play outside or or go to the park or, you know, I think actually that's a tip. I don't think I've ever shared here before, which it's kind of, maybe it doesn't need to be said, but I feel like because we are outside so much and we're not here that when we are here, I feel like the kids are in the backyard, but it definitely makes it easier to not keep a ton of toys when you are entertaining them with experiences elsewhere. And I know not everyone has that ease and availability to get out and be at the park. We have parks that are really close to us, which is really helpful. But yeah, I think that if we can also distract in those ways, we don't necessarily need to depend on toys as much, which has been really helpful for me. Yes, absolutely. Anytime you can get outside, it's time well spent as a parent and as a child. And I feel like 
as a parent, like I instantly feel less stressed and happier when I can like, all right, let's go on a walk or let's go to the park or let's go see the ducks like at that lake. And again, I know, like you said, that not a lot of, not everyone has that luxury. They might live somewhere where it's really cold or hot, but you make it work with whatever you can. And, and I guess the bottom line is that the things in our life isn't going to be what make us truly happy or our kids happy. And that's not really the lesson we want to teach them. You know, we, we want to instill like just being able to, to be present and get outside and just explore your own passions. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you, where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you online? Sure. So on Instagram, I'm minimalista mom. And then my website is minimalistaorganizing.com. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is a beneficial resource that you want to share with listeners? So this could be a documentary, a book, anything that has been really profoundly life-changing. And I'm not going to let you say Marie Kondo's book, (laughs) something else. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if anyone has shared this book before, but Simplicity Parenting is just such a fantastic book. It's by Kim John Payne. And it's an older book, but it's just, it's got so many gems in it. And it, it was really useful for me when I was beginning my journey as well. Oh yeah. I would say if there's one book on minimalism to read and I, <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, read my book. No, this is the book that people should read. If there's any book that they ever read on minimalism, it's yeah, there's research book. behind it, but yeah, it comes with a lot of research and you're just like, yes, that makes total sense. Like you are so right that this is beneficial to everyone, especially children. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Well, well, a habit that I have started a newer habit is condensing my like to-do lists and journaling and business notes. I've condensed it to one notebook. And so I just, and I like to write things down. I feel like it's good for my mental clutter. So I just have this one notebook and I might write things that I'm grateful for. I might have a different page where I have my running like to-do list, or I might just like journal things that are going to happen this week. And for me, just having it all in one place simplifies it. And I know if I just grab my journal, if I grab that notebook, then I'm good to go. If that makes any sense. So I would say simplify your systems. No, that absolutely makes sense. And I call that the brain dump. And so I have journals like that too, to where you have running grocery lists. I have goals that I want for the year, but it's also like, this is my to-do list for today. I just like to get it all on paper and have little places where I know I can go back to it and reassess. So I, I have journals like that too, and they're very helpful. Well, Amy, thanks for coming on and sharing some of your tips. I feel like I want to call this episode Diane and Amy's best tips to declutter because I just feel like we kind of hit every topic here. So thanks for your time today. Well, thank you for having me so much. This was so much fun. I love talking about this stuff and I feel like you do as well. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.